Hello, hello everybody. Hello. And you're welcome to the Coffee and Beans podcast with Adeshola Balugu. My name is Adeshola Balugu and I'm excited about this episode. I'm pretty excited. Um, and uh, as, we, as we progress, you will know why. Um, so on today's episode, I have um, a multifaceted entrepreneur with a diverse experience of over 20 years. She combines culturally intelligent makeup expertise with third-generation funeral services and philanthropy. Um, I've known her for quite a while, and um, one word I can use to define her is resilient. And um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy to welcome Mrs. Polanli Okusanafita to the podcast. Thank you so much for she's having the, me. She's the managing director of uh, Premium Funeral Services Company, um, LTJ Funeral International. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. <laughs> We've been planning this for a long for time. Forever. So we are, forever. We are here. Forever. For, 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 forever. So let's just let's just dive straight in. I mean, um, I did I did I didn't even know you've been in, you you've been you've been in entrepreneurship for that uh, long. No. Um, how did how did that start for you? So that started. I went to. I did my A levels, um, and then I went to university. But I think from when I was about 14, I had already wow. started, um, I had a business. So my first business that I remember was uh, making hair ruffles. Oh, okay. So uh, my mom had some random sewing machine and I see all sorts of fabrics around and um, pieces. And I thought, oh, you could use a small piece. So I used to make these ruffles and I wear them in my hand. And anybody that I saw, I would sell them. So that's my first. Some of my cousins remember other things before, <laughs> but that's my first re- um, memory. Memory, yeah. So when I finished university, I realized that um, looking for a job was challenging for me because I couldn't just get around. Or the jobs I really wanted, the application processes were very long. Long, right. And in the many of them, in the process of applying, I would just stop. I just think, you know, this is not worth my while. And some of them, some of them I would go through and it was just tedious. And to be honest with you, a lot of them, but after I did a few, I thought I, I, could, I could do better doing other things. This is a waste of my time. Just wow. the process, you know. I wish it was a situation then that I could just meet with that person hiring and tell them what I could do. Or what they could do for what me, do. and that's it. But you have to do psychometric tests, um, all sorts okay, of Okay, so that tests. process was was what was it just what, just tired you it out. Just tired me out, and I thought, you know, I can do do other things. So I just continued the other things I was doing. Wow. So, um, you started you started your 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 well, I say the proper entrepreneurship journey with the formal, be, the formal yeah, formal is the word. Mm-hmm. Thank you, with beauty. Um, yes, so I, um, when I went to England, when I started my A-levels, I needed to get a job because right. I just couldn't survive financially without a job. Mm-hmm. And I walked all through Oxford Street looking for any shop. It was, you know, it was just, I just kept looking, looking for a job. Um, and then I got a job at the body shop. The body shop does cosmetics. Right. They do body products and makeup. And... They, I, my job was stacking shelves, wow. but in body shop, everybody wears the same uniform. So the people selling makeup, the people at the tail, management, um, people stacking shelves were, were the same. So I was stacking shelves 
and I thought, oh, the makeup was interesting. So that gave me a first mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, insight, insight into doing the makeup. And when people come into the shop, they would just ask you for this, and I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then that that was it. So I thought, oh, I find out. And that that really was my first experience, experience working in cosmetics. When I left there, I then got a job working for an agency. So then in in, in London, then you could have a they, they had these agencies that serviced a lot of the big department stores like Harrods and Selfridges okay. for part-time staff. So on a daily basis, if a counter had somebody who was off sick, somebody's on holiday, they would have this pool of bank staff that they would use. So I was one of those people. Right. So I got sent to different shops and different brands because I, I, I thought, oh, I could do this. I mean, they just needed somebody who had a little bit of interest, interest. who didn't have to be a professional. Right. Um, and that was my big um, opportunity in hindsight because then I got to experience so many different brands and then I got a job. All this is through my levels. Then I went to university. I got a job working part-time right. for one of the beauty brands and then it became a job I did every holiday. Every time I was available, they were very happy with me and they they allowed me to work as much as I could. As you could. So when there's holiday, I would. So that's how beauty became part of my life. And I thought this is something I really enjoy. With hindsight, did you um, have interest? I mean, if you pre, pre the body shop, uh, did you have interest in beauty makeup that sort of thing no, or if no, working there was no, what, what triggered, yes i would be i come from a, on my on my maternal side i come from a, my my mother my grandmother my great grandmother all the pictures that i saw my great grandmother and my mm. grandmother who i knew very well my mom always had a very um entrepreneurial lifestyle right. and they also had a very big um fashion Right. side of their lives it wasn't like their main thing but they were very just fashionable i just come from a generation of very fashionable Fashionate people right so as for them i'd always seen i'd always seen fashion beauty that kind of thing as a thing as as just just, just part of life, just there, yeah. lifestyle so but it wasn't like something i would do for work but um so um how many how how long how long did you did you like go into um beauty before before doing what you do as right now as a as a, okay, candidate, as a funeral uh, director, as funeral director yes. um so i worked in beauty from when i finished university um, which is about 2000 and 2001 wow. so and i still do work in beauty now, yes yes so, I, I, yeah but not in the same capacity. capacity so i used to be a very hands-on makeup artist i did events weddings a lot of different things like that and then i ended up um doing styling um destination events and really teaching i really enjoyed teaching so i started pivoting towards doing that more towards training so i would be training makeup artists okay um and that's that's really the trajectory now i work more with brands okay rather than because my lifestyle is very different um and you've trained too many makeup artists they can do the the every day but i still have some clients who would who would always say no that I would do their makeup. I'm grateful for them, um, but but really, the bulk of my work is really working with brands, helping them 
look at how they're servicing their customers um looking at diversity and beauty that okay. kind of thing okay That's i, I i'm still at. i'm still gonna um i'm still gonna go ask you how how you're yes. able to um how you're able to what's the word now delve mix both worlds of the beauty and working um funerals. working funerals but let's let's go let's go let's go let's go into um your role as um as uh, as as managing director of LTJ, not just the managing director, you are um, handling a third generation succession. Um, first of all, how did how did your how did that how did that come about for you? Okay, so um, LTJ was set up eight years ago. In memory of my father and my brother, my brother and my dad passed away in a plane crash ten years ago on the way to doing a funeral. So mm. they were doing a funeral and. This plane crash happened in Lagos, and um, that's really what what was my own kickstart into um, doing working in funerals more full time. So right. before my father died ten years ago, as a teenager, I'd always worked with my dad. So I worked with my dad maybe fifteen years wow. before he passed away. I'd always worked in the background doing all sorts of different international business because i used to live in england predominantly then okay yes would you say you were groomed to take over the family business no no so my my father always um had in mind my father always had in mind that he was going to live forever (laughs) not really no my father always had in mind that when he passed away he would hand he would leave what what whatever he had of you know, he'd hand the business over to probably my brother yeah. and myself. So right. it wasn't that I was set up that uh, that was what I was going to do. Okay. It was just like, okay, my brother would do some things and I would do some things and and maybe some of my other siblings would do something. He just wanted all of us to have some sort of interest and understanding. In the business? Yes. Um, so with... with um when you say you were um, you worked you worked in the in the background, were you involved in the building of the coffins? Were you invo- involved in the business? In what side? What side of that? In what so, side? What yeah, side of the so business? I, so by the time before I went to England, I just used to kind of help out a bit. By the time I went, I was seventeen. Oh. Okay. Um, so when I by the time I went, I did all the international stuff. Now, funerals in Nigeria, people um, see people see more of the funerals are often the celebrations of life mm-hmm. but as a funeral director the kind of business in our family that we've done it's a lot of international sites so nigerians die everywhere all over the world and they want to be buried in their village mm-hmm. yeah so the logistics of doing that um dealing with and you can't just pick somebody up and just bring them in your hand luggage you know you have to there's paperwork there's embassies right. there are different things that you do that's one site i used to work anything that was international anything like that i would sort out right um and there's also a lot of purchasing so like caskets we would buy we had um fittings that we would buy we had um, interiors different things that we would use flowers mm-hmm. equipments different things that we would do and we're also part of different international organizations so once i was abroad my dad just, just stopped traveling so much just just handed just over everything handed to you over that side of things for me to do it was just convenient yeah, yeah um and yeah so that's really the side that i did and my brother was more visible okay in nigeria and did a lot more of the things here 
Amazing. Um, I, I, I discovered that in eight years, um, the amount of business and caliber of people that um, LT, LTG has catered to, a lot of companies that have done decades and still haven't been able to cover that. What would you say is the secret behind that? <laughs> I think the secret of it, ultimately, honestly, if God has called you to something, yeah. the evidence of it is, is the proof of, of what you're doing. doing. I think it's God's grace, really. Because when we started, we didn't have any pictures. We had nothing to show. Now people look at us and say, we've served this and this. But we had to have build up for people to trust to us. To trust us, yeah. So I think God's grace, ultimately, I can't attribute it to anything else, really. But then in a, in a, that's on one, on one side. Um, but really, that's really the broad picture. God's grace really has been. And LTJ is a, a company that is founded out of loss. Um, and really, for me, it's been my own therapy right. and my own will to deal with my own grief. I just couldn't sit down and do nothing. I was just running mad. And I thought, this is something I could do. Uh, my brother, uh, my dad, and I, the three of us, w- did a lot of work. My, my dad obviously was one that people knew. But yeah, my yeah. dad died a couple of weeks before his 60th birthday. And he had been planning... Um, he had been a lot more reflective. So he said it, he wasn't going to have a party. He didn't have any money. <laughs> that's what, that, I mean, that's something we hear all the time. But my dad was never a party type of person mm-hmm. yeah. and didn't really like too much attention, like party-wise, definitely no. So he didn't want to have a party, but he was, he was a lot more reflective. And he had been losing some of his friends. Some of his friends had passed away. That really made him just a lot more reflective of life. And I think coming up to 60... And he was, um, he, he was very much of a traditional soul, um, soul proprietor. Right. He did everything himself. Um, but we saw, my brother and I saw that he had been kind of handing off different bits for us to do, to do yeah. more. And so I think it was just something that just evolved as time was going. You know, things were evolving. And we... We, um, you know, we had grown up with a very strong work ethic. Right. So we were brought up working very hard. We've seen our parents, our grandparents working very hard. My grandfather was the first person I remember who working in this business. And on my, on my paternal side, very hardworking entrepreneurs on my maternal side, very hardworking. So we had grown up being very hardworking. So for us, you know, we put in a lot of extra effort. Um, and... And the effort to the glory of God has borne much fruit. Much fruit yeah. So we um, and yeah, we have a lot of goodwill. Um, you know, one thing that I, I mean, some when we started out, lots of people said, "Oh, you know, oh, you're just getting this work because of your father's name." And I'm very grateful for that. But you know, if you have if you have a good heritage, it opens doors for you. For you yeah. And I'm grateful for that. But you have to be competent for the door to stay yes, open. So, yes, yes, so, absolutely. So you uh, you have a good name. Yes, you probably be recognized. But then you have to do an amazing job. And over time, a lot of people don't even know about our background. They don't know about our heritage. They just want to service, provide. Uh, yeah. And that's that's where we are. So it's been a combination of different things, right. a lot of hard work. It's not 
it's not a f- uh, nine to five gig. It's not a five days. It's seven days it's a week. Everybody involved, and I have an amazing support system. My family. So I think I think that's that's really. I have an amazing support system. My family is committed to the committed to the vision, the vision and yeah. I also have an amazing team. Yeah, you know, I have an amazing group of people that I work with that have become like another side my of my family, family as well. So, so I think it's the combination of all that. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I want us to talk about successions. Um, successions aren't so popular in this part of the world. Um, you find that most businesses really just want, once the, once the founder passes um it's not the the same will i say the same energy mm-hmm. or you don't find founders who are able to see people they can i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's a if it's the fault in inverted mm-hmm. commas of mm-hmm. the founder or the 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 fact that they are so used to carrying doing everything themselves but mm-hmm. um how how do you think how do you think um or what do, what do you, what do you think what do you think is the reason for the success of this particular succession of from your granddad to your dad to you and mm. it's it just feels or really like when i say it, it seems like it, you know it's getting better the the as you evolve through through the years the, the brand keeps getting better what do you think is makes this type of your your succession as okay. a funeral company tick okay um i think first of all i personally believe that working in funerals it's one of the most challenging <laughs> physically emotionally yeah. spiritually everythingly you know um so i think you have to be called mm. you have to be called it's a gift like go, I, I i really believe that you know you have a family that god gives different gifts the bible gives us different examples of it people that are called to be artisans mm-hmm. and you see that you know their father did it their grandfather did it. different people did people that are artists you see some people that you know actors and their children become actors Access, yeah so i think that there's, there's there's that divine element that there's a gift and that gift has to be nurtured right that gift has to be nurtured in the sense that my first memory of my grandfather was when I was about five. My grandfather's shop was like a hobby in Lagos Island. People used to hang out. Lots of people used to work. Um, and so it was very normal for me to be involved in funerals from when I was five. Wow. Because we used to hide in the caskets. We used to play around them. Wow. Yes, <laughs> you know, I always say that when I have an interview. Um, I never cease to be amazed looking back at it because if you if you go to my grandfather's shop, somebody will tell you to come and sweep. Somebody will tell you to come and buy something. Somebody also if you want don't want anybody to send you anything, just quickly hide. Just quickly hide <laughs> in one of the caskets. Nobody will find you. Leave a little gap. Um, but you know, it was normal for us to grow up in that kind of environment. Nice. We we used to we used always go to my granddad's shop. Um, and then as we grew up, my grandfather, as he was getting older, my grandfather um, was a he was a master carpenter. I think that's the best way to describe him. He considers himself as a carpenter. He was a carpenter who did church furniture, household furniture, right. and coffins were his side gig. Oh wow! And that became his main his gig. His main gig. <laughs> 
So, so, so he, he evolved and trained a lot of people. In fact, some people, I meet some elderly carpenters, different parts of the country, and they say, oh, Baba trained me. And wow. I say, oh, and, and they say, no, not your father, not your father. Your father's father. Your father's father. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. What do I say to this? <laughs> so, so that's such an amazing thing that he experimented with different things and became renowned for his craft. Yeah. But there's nothing more... I think for fulfilling for me that when I meet people who are elderly and, you know, maybe, they, you know, they used to be somebody renowned, but as they go older, you know, their lifestyle is more quiet and they're no longer in their prime. Mm, yeah. And they would say, you know, when their husband died in 1950-something, this is what your grandfather did for me. And the blessing in that. So there's, there has to be an element of going beyond just the books. Right. with any business there has to be an element of thinking outside um serving people touching people's hearts mm. um there has to be that side of thing with anything that you're doing but especially also in the funeral business yeah. um and then my grandfather's shop was down the road and as he became older he just used to come and just sit in the shop and meet some of his friends and as a lot of them died off he just after a while, he just said, no, he wasn't coming anymore, and he retired. Mm. But then my grandfather was there. Then when my dad came back from England, my dad did engineering. Okay. Um, when he came back from England, while he was thinking, oh, would he get a job, would he not? He started working with his own father. And that's how my father started and developed a lot of what his father did. Right. So most people know my dad, they don't know of my grandfather working the same in the same, uh, yeah. So there was a time when my father's um, business and my grandfather's were at, uh, working at the same time. So my grandfather's shop was down the road, number 27. My dad's was number 17. So just a few doors down <laughs> each other. So we're looking for something. Is either going to be in my granddad or my dad? Or 17, yes, yeah. yes. So, so, so for that, so my, I mean, my dad was brought up my, my my dad my grandfather started in 1946 my dad was born in 1953 wow so before he was born that's all he's known that's, that's holy all he knew you yeah. know that's all he knew that's all that was it was the money from the business that sent him to school, sent to school yeah. and all that kind of thing so the same thing is the same thing i was born 78 my oh. dad had been working since <laughs> Immediately, he as, as as he grew up, he started his own company. I think eighty, so a couple of years after I was born. Okay. Um. So so yeah, I think that's that's really much it. I think one of the first things that you're you the next generation have to be part of the business from the very from beginning. From the very beginning. So it's it's their lifestyle. It's not something that the challenge that a lot of a lot of people have is that they have this business. They work so hard at it. And the the next generation don't know anything about it. They don't know, and then they just go and head it. Hmm. They go to school and they just go and head it. Well, no, they have to be part of it. They have to be the part very, of it from the very beginning. So you find people who say, "Ah, my kid is not in, is not keen on the business. My kid, my kid, my kid is not is is not. I don't have any of my kids that are that are that are interested." Um, yeah in it so what what would, you, what would you say what would you say um to that person that has that let's say dilemma i think that the, the the thing is that generation uh, multi-generational businesses you can't force somebody 
you can't say because I'm your child you must do it uh, <laughs> no you can't you can't do that I think you expose them to it and see whoever see, picks yeah, up the interest up, yeah. and the business I mean I, I look at in the funeral business I'm always amazed when I meet people I've met somebody who's a fifth generation before wow um, I've met a fifth generation I met a fourth generation lots of fourth generations I've met lots um, and they have evolved and kind of managed to and then you know every generation some some people in their families the next generation becomes a wider pool of people people yeah so you find one person is interested the other one is not interested and so within that um within that group of people there will be one or two some people as the next generation comes they are less they have less children less so children, there are yeah. less people to to so they have that challenge of well there's nobody interested so it just really depends. Um, you can't force anybody to be part of it, but you just have to just give them exposure. Often, when people, I find that often when the children understand the why, I mean, my children go to funeral exhibitions, my children um, help to choose designs. Yeah, well. um, my, they, when I have challenges, some, some of my serious decisions, I just post it to them and give them an opportunity to think through and see. So they are very familiar they have some so they um, obviously they're quite young now so the, the capacity of what they can do is different it's, but they're quite co- uh, you know when i i remember going to uh, an ex, uh, to go and see one of my suppliers and i it was during the holidays and i had to take them with me so i said okay both of you come along sit down in the corner and and after i said no you can't sit down in the corner come follow me and be doing videos of the things so oh, i can look yeah. at it when i mm-hmm. so so they they already they already have an idea they're not overwhelmed it's not it's not anything it's no big deal so so grooming the next generation already um, well <laughs> well let's see let's see let's see yes yeah, let's see i mean i think i think regardless of whether the children work in the business or not i think just as a lifestyle mm-hmm. when i was when I was working predominantly in makeup, they went with me to makeup shows. Right, right. They carried my things. They you know, do my brushes. They okay. wash them. Arrange my products. Um, if I had an exhibition, I, they they could come. So okay. it, it's just it's just getting them involved. Just getting people, getting your children involved, involved. in what you're doing. In what you're doing, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, um, let, let, let's let's talk let's talk about your role as a funeral director. Um, mm. There aren't too many female funeral directors well that i know I mean, most of the funeral directors i know are male uh what's what what's different about being being i mean doing what you do in a male-dominated industry mm-hmm. as the as funeral services how how do, do you do you think do you think uh that's that's a that's like an added advantage um are people more especially especially because funerals are very emotional uh, very very emotional occasions um, mm. you don't find too many men displaying emotions mm. during those kind of during the process mm. um those so let me just being a being a funeral director that is female especially in a, a male dominated in, in industry how does that how does that work for you yeah how, do, how, how does that how's that for you um i i think that i see myself so i i, I can I mean, I, I answer for my own mm-hmm. view of it. So I see myself as an entrepreneur. I see myself as a business person. That I'm female is as well as, but that's not my focus. Right. So wherever it is, I I don't I don't um, see I don't see that as a 
disadvantage. In fact, I see it as an advantage. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, how it's played out in LTJ, I am, I don't know, I, I like fashion. So we look A1, LTJ, our uniforms, for example. Impeccable. Just like all the time. So I pay attention to a lot. But I have a beauty background. I have a background in fashion. So that's just bringing transferable skills. So that's not because I'm a woman in the business. Just transferable skills from my other work. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think also on a compassion basis, a bit different how you see things. Right. Um, People, I'm, I'm... I'm a little bit funeral director, a little bit guidance counselor, a little bit bereavement counselor, yeah, a little bit agony aunt, yeah. um, a little bit family problem solver-ish <laughs> is really the thing that I do. That you so do. I find that, you know, the process of um, arranging a funeral is very emotional. Yeah. It's very multifaceted. There's a lot of stakeholders, families. Families are, there's so many different people. Mm-hmm. Depends on who dies, what age, what family structure. So I find that being a woman in the business, sometimes I can see a little bit more. Like I was speaking to a, a family yesterday and we finished all the things that we had to do. And I was just telling the one of the children who was another lady. So we finished and the, the, the men were interested in how much does this cost? The cost and how yeah. much? And, they, and that's it. They finished. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And then I was talking to the lady and I was just saying, what are you going to wear? And she just looked blank. I was lost. She didn't totally think about lost. it. Totally lost. So she said, oh, that's true. That's true. What do people wear? Wow. And I said, okay, why don't you think of this? And she brought out her book. And she started writing it down. And I don't think a man would do that. And I don't think it would even come come across the come same across way the same. For, for a man. So I think you, you think about this, think about that. And what is your, you know, what is, I think is, is their dad had passed away. So what's your mom going to wear? So, didn't oh, think about it. Didn't think about that. So, so I think being a woman, you add a lot of different layers. Right. Of, of, um, value there's advantages and disadvantages to anything mm-hmm. and i'm sure as a man you know there's advantages that the man would have that i i wouldn't have um i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure whatever so that is i think all of us have different things that bring, we bring we, we, yeah yeah different flavor to the to the table i i must say um every time i see the videos of when you're doing the procession you, you you're always you and your people are always dressed to the nice, the poor bearers. Well, you're, look, you're looking from the dressed to the well, yes, of course, of course, fashion. fashion point of view. <laughs> and I and I and I and I think that and I think that that is also an added advantage. I mean, if I want to use LTJ handled my dad's funeral, and I mean, they they they, they went over <laughs> over and beyond. And um, I just wanted to say thank you. Ah, when was <laughs> when was your dad's funeral? Uh, 2019. Wow. Yeah, ah, so yeah, long. yeah, 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 and and LTJ went over and beyond, mm. you know, because the one with no accident to do, they did so, and I, and I and I think that that's that's also part of what endears, um, endears a lot of people to you, because I was before before the mics were on, I went yeah. through, so in their office, I mean, we we're, we're doing this recording in their office, so in their mm. office they have like a, this is a hall of fame. No. We have so a wall. A wall. A wall. A wall of some of the jobs. Of some. Some. Yes. I was told that. In fact, it's changed 
quite periodically. Yes, yes. And um, and, and I said, people get upset with us when they come. When, and they don't Maybe see they come with somebody and they say, "Oh, I didn't see my dad. I didn't see my dad's picture." Uh, <laughs> so I'm part of the people. So so and we don't have enough space. So we try to change it. Exactly. You know. So exactly. So and I and I and I just told myself and I and I believe that you know there has to be something something different about what you offer as a funeral company it's not just oh bring bring the buy body a uh, buy a and casket go. and no. go it has to be beyond uh that i always tell people that you know it's be, it goes beyond the product um the the experience mm. when the, the 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 experience um when you buy that product is always what will linger with um um people so mm. well done wow. thank you thank you so much and just to say on that, you know, when I look at the pictures, I think one of the pictures are, yes, is a reflection of different people that we have served. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's always it's a humbling experience because every single um, picture, there's a story behind mm-hmm. it. There's a story to the process of the funeral, the place it was. And so it's a memorial mm. for me. And it's a way, uh, one, one thing that is very... Um, key to us in LTJ as we have evolved is that we want to serve families right. and honor lives. Right. I think that very easily in the challenges of the culture that we live in and the way the world is, once somebody has died, that's it. I'm I'm very much not somebody to say let's worship the dead, but I think that if you're serving a family and doing a funeral, then let's honor the life that the person lived. I think that's very important and that runs through everything that we do. You know, just honoring this life, not just this person has died, you're honoring their life and remembering them. And for that time that you're doing the funeral, you know, you're just remembering that somebody has lived Mm -hmm. and honoring that life. So I think that's very important. Amazing, amazing. Um, So in the the daily, having to deal with um, different people that are dealing with loss, does your... Does um, the personal tragedy that you've been through help yes. with 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 helping those same people go through what they go through? Um, mm, I think it, I I think that it I can I can answer that from the perspective of um, for my own loss how I deal with them is different. Mm-hmm. If it helps them, they would be the ones, the to, ones say, to say to oh, say okay. that okay. them. So so I think for in my from my perspective, definitely. I've always worked in the funeral industry um, for about 15 years. So I, I had I had um, professional experience. Right. I had professional understanding. And then, um, but and I also had some personal experience because I lost some loved ones. But they were older people, you know, my grandparents. So I, I understood that grief. But then losing my dad and my brother, that gave me a totally different perspective perspective and so a different kind of compassion yeah absolutely yeah. different totally different personal personal yeah yes okay um one thing one thing that um stands out for me when i come into your office is uh Ola Tunji, Ola Tunji foundation and i know that you are very big on uh, philanthropy so could you shed more light on what the foundation does and what okay. it stands for. So we have the Olatunji Kusaya Memorial Foundation. Memorial Foundation, yeah. The foundation was set up to just continue a lot of the things my brother and my father did. Right. Charitable things. So they did a lot of charitable things, but in an informal way. So somebody, for example, needs to help with their school fees. My dad would just put his hand in his pocket and see what he could give you. 
um, and my brother and I did a lot of things. We, we did a lot of things with orphanages and that kind of thing, um, supporting them. And, and I, I thought that that work should continue in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then also when they died, we found I, I found some things that my my brother especially did that nobody even knew that he was doing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that the foundation would be the best way to do it in a way that is a bit more structured. So the foundation, we have three parts. We have grief support, bereavement support. So we're working on launching a set of kind of bereavement support sessions where people can come for free. Okay. And they can just have support um, and they can talk. You know, when somebody dies, people just say, oh, don't worry, it is well. But it's not well. Um, and some people lose a loved one and they are never the same and they lose their minds they lose their livelihood they lose everything um, some people just can't con- there's so many different spheres to mm. it, so so we have this bereavement support that we're, we're going to do um, maybe by the time this is out um, we have cemetery care my brother was very passionate about cemeteries and places of rest my he the the day before he passed away there was a full double page spread in the newspaper about some work that he was doing Mm -hmm. and just championing the cause of educating people encouraging people to look after the places where their loved ones are resting somebody has worked um has has lived and then when they passed away lots of cemeteries you go there you if you're not careful you would even end up being buried um, the private ones are the ones that people look at as kept. But then the, the public ones, the difference is that the, the private ones, you pay premium. So mm-hmm. the, the cemetery looks after the place. The, pri- the ones are publicly owned. You have to look after it. And some, some every time you go to a cemetery, you see the ones where they're open, they're exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's ever visited. Nobody's ever looked after it. So my brother's very passionate about that. So we do cemetery care, and what we do is clean up cemeteries for free. Wow. Yes, just clean up cemeteries cemeteries at no cost. A lot of families don't even know. We just tidy it up. For LTG clients, or you don't have to be an LTG client? No, no, no. We just do, like, where my brother is buried, for example. Right. We we have, we clear up the whole area Area. of maybe about 50, 60 um, graves. Graves, wow. At no cost, and doing that in different places as well so it doesn't it's not related to whether ltj at oh, all, okay. not at all but what we do also is that if you if you are an ltj client and you want us to do it, we'll do it at a very little nominal fee, fee. help you just look after the um cemetery space and i think we have a service where we can the foundation would look would clean the vault and send you pictures twice a year many okay. people are very busy Many people are not even living in Nigeria, Nigeria. or living where the person is buried. buried so yeah. it's good for you to know that, okay, every six months you're going to get a picture. So if anything is broken or damaged, before it becomes a big thing, you already fixed it, you know, for decency. Mm-hmm. So we have that. Then we have education support. Education support is really encouraging people to stay in school. Um, the truth of the matter is I was an entrepreneur, you're as good as how, how educated you are. Mm-hmm. And that's not formal education, you know. Education is just any education. You're just mm-hmm. as good as how how much education you have on the inside of you. I'm 100%. My, my legacy that my dad has left um, for me is education. 
my my legacy that I that my education is something that you can't take away from the person. So that's the only gift that I know that you can't take mm-hmm. away. So houses and everything else would can fade. I mean they're good. Our money is good, but education triumphs above all those things. Mm-hmm. So um I think for us as a foundation we want to encourage people in our own way for them to stay in education for as long as possible. And what we've done is that um, we had staff from somewhere. Ideally, would be to pay one million children's school fees until university. But you know, practically that's that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so but, you know, we're here. If it happens, we'll, we'll do mm-hmm. it. Um, what we do, we do, we do things where we donate to schools, um, exercise books, writing materials, shoes. Like a lot of kids don't have shoes. They go to schools, you'd be amazed. You go to these schools and they don't even have shoes. Wow. So, so giving them books, bags, um, and sometimes when they have inter-house sport, supporting them, some refreshment just to encourage them. It's, I, I mean, the first time we did it was like, oh, really? So inter-house sports, there's not even water for the children. Because the school just doesn't have that doesn't kind have of that, budget. Yeah. So how do you select? How do you select the children? How do you select the school to support? How do you select the? Um, I think we started out just working. We started out working with people not too far from us in LTJ. Okay. So people are schools around here. Around here, okay. There's a lot of schools that are really in need. Yeah. Around here, started out with that. We've done some in Lagos Island as well. Okay. So we've done some. I, I went to my dad's school, my dad's primary school. That was quite nice. And okay had a lot of meaning to it and donated some things to them as well. So we really look for schools that they have the biggest need. Right. We send somebody to go and have a look when the, the not in an announced way, just pop into the school, have a look, see how the children look. Mm-hmm. But some children, some schools don't really need much. Some some need more than others. So it's like a le- there are different levels. Levels of need. Of need. Mm. Yeah, so we look for people that have the most need. Um, we have... Um, we also have been doing, I think during COVID and even till now, we've been doing some food. That's not part of our, um, the three things, three the things, four yeah. things that we do, but I think there's a need for food. Some people that yeah. they haven't got any, um, they just haven't got any help at all. Wow, wow. So we've been doing that as well. And then we have some people who reach out to us and say, you know, I know you, and I, I know that you're legit. Um, I have this money. Can you please give? Yes, I was going to ask that. People? Yeah, like, do you have people who, um, um, who support based on what you do, or is? Uh, I was going to ask about funding. Has, yes. Has um. How how is that? How is that? How is that? The truth of the matter, a lot of the funding that we have, the foundation is LTJ. LTJ, yeah. So you know, one of the things also with LTJ. Is that for every um, every person that we serve, there's a, there's a fraction of that that goes to the foundation, the foundation, just as a principle. So everything that we do, every family that we serve, there's a little fraction that goes towards the foundation, and and that's really helping other people. That's yeah. so that's how LTJ is set up. So we, we just wait for those to add up, and then we wow. do something. So, um, but in the course of doing it, I, I've always been, there's a lot of other things that I would never even say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, just do, just you do, know? Yeah. But 
I think in the course of, of working in LTJ and as just life has progressed, I realized that, you know, foundation for a lot of people means different things. True. So I, I wouldn't, a lot of times, it's just recently that I've been pushing to share the work that we're doing. We've done a lot of things that we haven't shared, but we will share. Mm-hmm. But because I, I know that a lot of people use foundation as a scam, so use yeah, yeah. so as a scam or to launder to money, money and or, and I uh, I mean I I would I wouldn't want to be involved in anything like that so I just thought you know what let's just be doing the foundation and doing our own thing I don't want anybody to think that as they're sharing the picture maybe we're thinking to hustle them for money yeah so but then as we started doing it people would reach out to us and say you know is there any way do you have account details can we support you wow. so now we share if you want to support us yes by all means mm-hmm. if, yeah, yes but but predominantly a lot of what we've done is what is from is from from from, from, from LTJ. Yeah. um i mean in rounding up this episode I, I i'm curious to know what would you say is the guiding principle behind um the staying power of ltj um what would you say is is what keeps you going as an entrepreneur? Because I mean, the longer short of it is you are you are you are an, you're an entrepreneur. Mm. You run a business, a thriving business. Um, what, what would you say? What would you say is that one thing that keeps you going and keeps and keeps you keeps keeps you going? Um, gives you that. I mean, on the days where you can't, just keeps you up and say, "I must keep doing this." Mm, I think there's two spheres to it. Do you see this? <laughs> On one side, the main side, um, you know, because we're born out of tragedy and loss, we're set up to help people. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps. Because every family we serve, 99% of families that we serve will say that you've gone over and beyond. Mm-hmm. We purpose to do more than they can ask, more than they have asked us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a priceless feeling. I think that that sense that you have helped somebody navigate their loss yeah. um, is a priceless feeling. Yeah. So yeah. I think that for me is the thing, like, you know, for each and every family. Because it's not just, when we do a funeral, it's not just a funeral. It's like a family mm-hmm. that you are supporting. You know, Death is not a respecter of age. It's not a respecter of person. So when we do funerals, there are all sorts. We do teenagers, we do children, we do people in the 20s, 30s, 40s, wow. 100s and something. Where lots of people know us maybe for the more celebrations that are celebrations mm-hmm. of life. But, but you know, we have death is not a respecter of age. Mm-hmm. You know, the youngest person we've done is four years old or five years old. So it's not a respecter of age. And then we've even done people who well, are less than that. But anyway, that is my own thing on one side. And the other thing is also the people that we have that are working for us. We have full-time staff. Yeah. We have a lot of part-timers. We have people that are suppliers. We have a whole load of different people that if we don't go, then what's going to happen to their livelihood? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I just think, oh, this is too hard. And, you know, sometimes Nigeria is not really an enabling environment in, in, in certain things. But we're praying, we're hoping that Nigeria will become better, mm-hmm. more improved. But sometimes things are quite tough. 
things are quite tough and I just I have to think of the many people that depend on the work that we're doing mm-hmm. to earn a living. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank you so much for, for finding finding time. She's a very busy person, people. She's a very busy person. No, I'm a really I'm a very busy person. Um any any parting shots? Mm, I think that I think entrepreneurship is something that is quite glorified as a better option, but it's not always a better option. It's not. It's not. Um, so I think it's worth saying that. I think uh, uh, um, not everybody's called to be an entrepreneur as a lifestyle. Sometimes mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is for a season. Yeah. Some I know people preach multiple streams of income. Um, so sometimes entrepreneurship is for a season as well as something else but the true entrepreneurs that really thrive and survive and entrepreneurs that have people that are called to help them Mm. a lot of the work that we do is because we have good people I can't am I going to be the one that will carry the coffin or drive the car or maintain the earth or sew the clothes or I can't do all those things, but we, we have to have good people, people that are committed to the cause, people that see a vision. Sometimes, some people are called to do that. Mm-hmm. So, it's for people to find whatever is their own thing. And in their, in, their, in their faithfully doing that, they flourish. You know, the entrepreneur flourishes, the, the helper, the people that are called to serve and work with the mm-hmm. entrepreneur, they also flourish. So, I, I think that that's very important to to put out there that you know you have to find what it is that is your own thing and entrepreneurship might be that might be your life call uh, it might be something that you do as well as yeah. obviously if you if it's something that you're doing as well as it's a very different um time commitment mm-hmm. and effort and everything and if you want to go into entrepreneurship and you you have a job it's very important that you just let that kind of evolve rather than give up your job yeah. and then go hungry. Remember when I was a makeup artist, I I mean, I was was really tough at the very beginning. It was very tough. I had no client. I was just desperate. And somebody would offer me a job that maybe you should pay like £100. I'm thinking, I have to pay my electricity bill. <laughs> and they're offering you 50 Just take the £50 and do the work. And if you are, if it's even a bad day, and somebody offers you, to, you know, thirty pounds for a hundred pound job, you still take it because you are so hungry. Mm-hmm. But if I had a job that was paying me, so by the time I started now having permanent work, it was part time, a couple of days, then I, all my basics were covered. Then I could really focus on doing the things that I should. Yeah. So you have to be careful in your transition from um, being a paid employment. Paid employment to. to to that, yeah. yeah, I was. There was a question. I, 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 I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that I that I, I remembered. I was going to ask that um, for the next generation of funeral directors. Yes. Um, what do do you see yourself playing a role in training? Okay, so you don't find somebody saying, "Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a funeral director." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. y- yes. So so um, do you think that that um, that part requires some form of Formal training, or it 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 needs um, people who are willing to how let's say it now sensitize and 
make it popular or you just feel you know or we or we leave it to um um uh, founders just constantly give and um, passing it passing passing the passing the the button. The, ba- the button or do you think someone who just has a flair for it will one day say i'd like to be a funeral director i think it's a combination of both i think it's a combination of both i think that um y- yes it's not really like a popularized industry it's not you it's it's very i've never met any child who says that when they grow up they want to be a funeral director exactly um but it's not really popularized um but it, i mean this is even even in our recruitment mm-hmm. it's a challenge to find people who who understand that working in the funeral industry is it's not your everyday kind of it's not ev- your everyday kind, kind of, of job. job but um i think it's it's really exposure over time we, you know no matter how cool or funky we are i, I don't know how many funeral directors do podcasts and things like that <laughs> at least in nigeria i don't know i don't know um, but to, no matter how modern and contemporary are becoming coming yeah what we're doing is serious stuff it's serious business yes it's exactly very it's very serious it's not it's very serious very deep mm-hmm Mm-hmm. um serving that you're doing to people so that you're that you're do, doing for not to you're doing for people for people yeah so it's 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 still something that you can't there's a level of coolness that you can't achieve and then you know for our business model is not the kind of like you sing on instagram and dance and people come and buy coffee <laughs> that people say ah i want to buy this water <laughs> imagine you see me say ah buy Don't one girl buy one girl one free buy one girl pro- you know, it's not the kind of thing you can say that if you buy the silver one, you oh, get the blue, you the blue one at fifty percent. Ah, and delivery is free worldwide, <laughs> nationwide. We deliver nationwide. So it's not the kind of thing that you can do like that. So we have to be creative in how we approach our clients, clients how we yeah. educate people on what we do. Um, but you know, I the thing with the funeral industry is that if you work here, most people stay. Yeah. So not just in LTJ, but if you find a funeral company that I've seen this across the world, find a, a funeral company that that fits you and your lifestyle, you find people work there for a long time. Yeah. So there's longevity in it, and there's real true sense of purpose. Purpose, yeah. In it, but um, yes, it's it's interesting. I think also a lot of young people. Um, you have to have also a, a big sense of compassion. Yep. And yep. it's not it's compassion. A major is, compassion is not a trendy gig. Mm. You know, people are everybody's all about self, me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. and all eyes on me. And how you know, look at how glam I am, and look at how fabulous I am. And the funeral industry is not totally not like that. It was fabulous about me. It just, how does that help your family? It doesn't help them in any way. So it's really looking at that kind of thing. For us now, when we're, um, we're, we're hiring people, I don't even, um, I don't have too much patience anyway. But you know, when, I, when I'm speaking to people, I kind of, if I have a vetted list of mm-hmm. CVs, I don't read what you've done or anything. I just want to find out what can you do for me? What That's can it. you do for my business? And how can, how can you help me to solve some of the challenges that we have? But I think one of the things that I am personally called to is making funerals more accessible right. to this generation and the next and generation. Next, yeah. Yes, making it more accessible to let you know that it's not like some sort of 
something clouded in secrecy mm-hmm. and they're not like you know it's not it's not anything occultic mm-hmm. some people think that as well um but yes really like how do we serve people how do we make it um next generation yeah. it's just being open about what we do and i think that's one thing this kind of thing is very welcome uh, welcome that you can see first of all you have the sign that yeah we're a funeral company there's a lot of compassion a lot of charity a lot of people who don't have enough money mm-hmm. and they come to us and we still serve them yeah. um but also there's a professional side to it so there's a business that we have accountants we have different things mm-hmm. that we so the kind of people that we need to work with us mm-hmm. for example we need people to work in social media yeah. in, a, in our own way of social media we need people that work in customer service mm-hmm. some people don't d- deal with any um bodies at all you know reception in marketing and also in the real next generation product i think is really for people to be able to talk about their feelings yeah that's, that's that's really the thing you know it's really for people now a lot of gen z are very open about discussing anything yes and so encouraging their parents you know to talk about what their funeral arrangements are some people if you ask them if you ask somebody who is it's something where do you want to be buried some of them will say ah you want to kill them and take their land and take their property but it's really next generation is really encouraging people to, because the more we make it normalized then the more you have people want to work we want to work that's and true that kind of that's thing. true but that's really true. just that's true that's very true everybody's going to pass away everybody mm-hmm. unless jesus comes yeah. then th- that's a whole that's different, a whole different game. but everybody's going to die so let's let's all know that I mean, there's no adult there's nobody who is an adult that is an adult is 20 one i'd be 18 mm-hmm. depending 18. on what, co- what, what country, country you're listening from, from yeah. but there's i think it's also just to as a last word i know we've had like five last words <laughs> yes yeah, so. as a last word of a last word of a last <laughs> word is that just if you're listening and you have parents where your parents going to be buried do you know because hmm. it's amazing how much confusion happens when somebody dies if your parents are alive and if you're a parent, please make your arrangements very clear. Let your children know so that when it happens, because it's going to happen, when it happens, it's just simple and straightforward. Everybody knows. Are you going to be buried in your village in Ekiti and commendation service is going to be done in Abuja? Hmm. Or we are going to take you to Ekoma and then after Ekoma, bury you in Benin, you know, just make make the life <laughs> make the life of your make life easier. Easier. Lots of people don't pass. know where their parents are from. They don't know where their village is. They don't know all these things. Then the person just dies, and you just see the villagers just come and they, and they say they mo- just the whole Nollywood the, the stories drama, begin. Just, you know. Do you so, help with estate planning? Yes, okay. we're getting more and more. So we have yeah. lots of people. Lot of, okay, yes. like allied services. But is it is it an LG, LTJ service or you just point them in the direction? Mm, depends. So part of it will be LTJ. So okay. We have we have a lot more more people are paying for their funerals in their yes, lifetime. So. Some of them their children don't know. Only their lawyers know. Some of them one child right. knows. Some of them maybe a spouse knows. The other one doesn't. So there are different mm. things. There. So people are choosing to pay for their funerals. Funeral. They choose what they wow. want. Wow. You know, they they choose what they want. They look. They ha- everything is in place. Yeah. When the death, especially with with the half of Nigeria has jackpot, so 
you know, post-COVID, we learned a lot. We do, we, during COVID, we did a lot of funerals where there was no children no present. No children present. Some very little family, if none, family present. Mm-hmm. So, and this post Jackpot generation, yeah. I don't know, some people, some people are not going to be there when their loved ones pass and, away. Yeah, yeah, I still had a discussion with a friend of mine whose dad passed and sadly he couldn't be there. And mm-hmm. he says that's one of the things that bites him the most. And I say, man, you know. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. I've been speaking with Polanli Okusa Afeita. It's it's been it's been a very very like I have so many questions in my head, but but we have to round up the pod. But you're going you're going to, you're going to come back. Oh, hopefully it won't take us to another how many years to schedule. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, 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 this is this is coffee and beans with Adeshola Balogun and. Uh, I'm sure you have comments. Please send us uh, an email, fanmail at coffeeandbeans.com. That's C-O-F-F-E-A-N-D-B-A-N-S.com. We are social. We're on Instagram, coffeeandbeans.pod. We're on Twitter at coffeebeanspod. Till the next episode, drink coffee and stay fresh. <laughs>